Hi, hello. It is Josh Bowe, one of the many editors over at MavsMoneyBall.com. Welcome to another edition of MMB After Dark, or like uh, like the Houston game, uh, MMB After Late Afternoon or <laughs> Early Evening. Uh, Josh Bowe here along with uh, my cohort, uh, Kirk Henderson. We are here after the Mavericks have thoroughly handled the Los Angeles Lakers in LA 114-100 after the first six or seven minutes. I'm surprised that I'm saying that. Uh, just a truly impressive game uh, from start to finish. Kirk, who has been battling Thanksgiving vacation, still managed to find a way uh, to watch the game. Kirk, what are your kind of initial thoughts after, I guess, probably the most impressive Mavs win of the season so far? Well, so the fact that I'm on vacation should really speak to how fun this team is to watch. Um, I'm finding every opportunity I can to watch the game. I'm planning my day around them. And it's been, you know, five, six years since that happened, even though we both work for, for a site where, where, you know, we're covering the Mavs. But that game was, was really fun to watch. And more than anything, my, my key takeaway is the fact that these Mavericks are becoming resilient. The Lakers absolutely punched them in the mouth to open that game, where Luka and Porzingis look lost. The Lakers play really good rim defense, and they get their hands in a lot of passing lanes. They just have a lot of lengthy guys. So the fact that the Mavericks the team were able to respond in the first quarter with the bench and then in the second quarter with the starters is really awesome to see. I was I was fist pumping during that game. I, I was watching it on my phone. I can't get league pass to seem to work on my computer for whatever reason. But uh, it, was, it was just a really great you know team effort. There's a lot of guys we could talk about. I want to hear who you want to talk about first. Uh, I'm going to be writing about this tonight for a morning after for tomorrow. But I really think it's... It's obvious, but Luca and KP, I think in the third quarter, they were both kind of rolling. I feel like that's the first, maybe outside of the Houston, the Houston win from a week ago. This was one of the few times that both of them were going at the same time. And it was just kind of ridiculous to see because we've almost forgotten, you know, a lot of the Mavericks wins so far has been almost you know, Luca just being so absolutely absurd and magical that he's just kind of dragging the roster to these impressive, impressive performances. And this was a that third quarter, it was like a sneak preview of like, oh yeah, this is what it looks like when you have two under 25-year-old all-stars. And it was just absurd. They just ran the Lakers off the floor with that 17-0 run. I think it was like even extended out. It was like 25 to 5 or something like that. Luke was hitting shots. Kristaps was getting good catches off the move and being decisive and being aggressive and and being involved. And, you know, we haven't seen that, you know, a lot this season. Or if we saw it, you know, it's Luke, it's KP doing it with the, the second unit. The fact that he was able to do that with Luke on the floor and then they basically kind of took turns dealing huge body blows. You know, Luke had a couple of step backs. Kristaps had that awesome three in transition. Uh, that was just kind of the thing that opened my eyes because we really haven't seen much of that this season. And to get a glimpse of it in L.A. against one of the best teams in the NBA, one of the best duos in the NBA, and to see the Mavs duo just totally wipe the floor with the Lakers duo in that third quarter stretch – uh, was just uh, it was remarkable it was eye-opening and it was like man this team's ceiling uh, could be higher than maybe I initially thought if if they can get these guys on the same page more often yeah I I, I want to talk about something first just as a follower asked that I talk about it and I think he was right um Lucas defense in the first quarter was really part of why the Mavericks were were you know falling behind 
he does a lot of talking at the refs, and sometimes the effort's just not there. And the team effort on defense in the third quarter was really what led to that spectacular run. You know, they don't have great individual defenders. I know people are going to tell me Dorian Finney-Smith is a really good on-ball defender. I mean, maybe he is. I don't really want to debate that at the moment. But when those guys are kind of locked in as a unit and everybody's flying around, good things happen. The Mavericks got a number of deflections. They were making shots hard for the Lakers. You know, when Anthony Davis and LeBron James are having a hard time, you know, getting good looks, that's exactly what you want out of a defense. Um, I think you and I still don't really love how how uh, Pat – what's the word? Like their drop coverage on pick and roll is not great, but the Lakers just looked kind of off kilter in the third quarter, and to see the Mavericks take advantage of that was really a lot of fun. I, I very much enjoyed – uh, you know, Dwight Powell's game, of all things. He probably had his most, you know, box score impactful game that he's had in a long time, which was nice to see. Uh, and he was, you know, really flying around the ball. And, and, you know, the vertical spacing was there. He was making, you know, interesting passes. And, and you know, offensive rebounds were there, which was really nice. It was just an overall, like, I, I, I've said this twice already, but it was just nice to see the team function that well. Because, you know, despite the fact that they're playing with this historical offensive pace, I think we can still see lots of areas for them to improve. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I like that you mentioned Powell and that third quarter defense. Um, you're absolutely right. The Mavericks played great defense in the third quarter. The Lakers also had an interesting offensive strategy in the third quarter where it seemed like they just absolutely refused to do LeBron, Anthony Davis pick and rolls. And instead, Danny Green ran a pick and roll and had a bad miss on a floater. And then they were just cool with Anthony Davis kind of isolating. And I think that's such a huge win for the Mavericks because obviously Anthony Davis is a much better player than Kristaps Porzingis and is a much better creator of his own shot than Kristaps Porzingis. But when you look at Anthony Davis historically, he is so much more of a deadly threat when he is kind of working off of created offense and being the finisher to an offensive action and not the initiator. And the Lakers, for some for some reason, whatever they I don't know what they thought they they were trying to get Anthony Davis to be the initiator. And LeBron kind of had a couple of standstill watching possessions in the third quarter. And maybe it was because they were so dead set on exploiting Anthony Davis versus Powell that they just kind of got lost in what they were doing. And yeah, I was totally cool with Anthony Davis dribbling from you know just inside the three point line to the free throw line and and shooting a, a, a contested jumper against Powell. Like, that's absolutely what you want to force that offense to do compared to what else they can hurt you with. And uh, I think the Mavericks, you know, the, the great thing about that third quarter was they just they took advantage of it. You know, they they sensed that they had an opportunity to blow that game open, and they, and they did it. Um, and like you said, you know, Powell has been struggling as a pick-and-roll finisher a little bit this year, and, and he finally got some good makes uh, on the roll uh, in this game. Tim Hardaway Jr. kind of turned back into a pumpkin, and it was cool to see the Mavericks win in spite of that because we all knew that this was coming. He was obviously going to regress a little bit, and the fact that they still were able to get contributions from guys like Kleba, Justin Jackson probably had his best game of the season, and so did DeLon Wright, I think. Uh, DeLon Wright and Justin Jackson combined to make three uh, – no, excuse me, six three-pointers out of 11 makes, and you'll take that every single night uh, that they'll give it to you. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, it was it was fun to see you know Luca obviously doing every you know doing his Luca things and Kristaps doing great things in the third quarter, but just to see the role players step up because that's really where the Mavs advantage is and, and against a team like the Lakers, you know, because after 
LeBron and Anthony Davis. There's just there's not much there. And I think that that bench spurt that got them back into the game really highlighted that. I'm glad the Mavericks didn't really rest on their laurels there. They really they really put it to them when uh, the benches came into the game. Well, the cool thing, I noticed this just right at the very end as I was writing the recap, that entire bench unit only had one turnover, which is just spectacular for the amount of minutes that, that those guys ended up playing. Um, I, I, you know, I know that, that the bench is really going to result in some mixed and match lineups, depending on what Carlisle is feeling, you know, who's going to do well. You know, Jalen Brunson has had some pretty good games, and this was, you know, a night where he really wasn't that effective. And that's just going to happen. And it's nice to see that the Mavericks have that kind of depth. Uh, the the guys are, are really playing more than their – like the collective is playing better than, some, than their individual talent, which is just – it's really nice to see. Um, there's really not much to, to complain about this game, to be honest with you. It, it, <laughs> I, I, you know, that, that's the hey, two back-to-back road wins. So the Suns are not, you know, a team to scoff at. Uh, they, I think they'd be in the playoffs if the playoffs started today. And, you know, the Suns and the Lakers, that's just a really nice, you know, set of back-to-back games. I have a piece that's probably going to come out tomorrow or Tuesday that is looking at, you know, the likelihood of the Mavericks making the playoffs. And at this point, it's extremely high, you know, given, you know, despite the fact that they've had a little bit of a cupcake schedule. So to continue to get another win, you know, all these wins are going to be hard fought. There's, you know, the Mavericks schedule starts to amp up a little bit, and they're not going to continue to win, you know, 66% of their games, which is what they've done to date. So to, to get, you know, a win against the Lakers is really, you know, just something that you got to feel good about as, as you head into the, the second quarter of the season. Yeah, definitely. And I don't want to rain on the parade of, of what is uh, such a great win, but if I, I do want to get into one thing, I'm going to highlight this when I'm writing in terms of something that really kind of, has been driving me nuts all season. I don't have the data necessarily to prove it because, you know, we don't have, you know, fancy uh, second spectrum synergy, synergy tracking data available to us, but something that's bugged me about the Mavericks all season is they seem to be really bad uh, on transition defense, allowing uh, mismatches to happen. You know, I can't count how many times the Mavericks, off a miss or a make, we'll be running back up the floor and the team, you know, the opposing team will not run any action and you end up with a big on a small or uh, a big guarding or a big guarding small on the perimeter or a small guarding a big in the post. And that happened a couple of times tonight. Uh, Anthony Davis got some easy layups uh, in the first half because the Lakers just kind of beat the Mavericks big guys down the floor and posted up a small and, and got a quick bucket. And then there was the, the last possession of the first half, which was admittedly a scramble possession. So it's, it's easy to be out of sorts there, but DeLon Wright ends up on LeBron James in the post. Maxi Kleba is on uh, Rajon Rondo at the perimeter and Maxi is out past the three point line guarding Rondo and Rondo just kind of dumps it off to, to LeBron in the post and he gets a, a layup before the buzzer. And I'm just like, you know, what's going on? You gotta, you gotta run at them. And that's why I, you know, the third quarter, I think they cleaned that up uh, tremendously and, and the Lakers didn't do much as much damage in transition. So that was great to see an adjustment there, but in the first quarter, the first half that was driving me a little nutty, but yeah, like you said, otherwise just as, as clean as a win you can get against an elite team in the league uh, on the road, there's now seven and two away from Dallas, which is just fantastic. That's wild. I know. They uh, were so bad last year. I bet they I can't say, you know, you play 41, 41 games on the road. They couldn't have won more than 10 games all season on the road last year. I, I don't have it in front of me because I'm, I'm actually on, on the phone right now. But that, 
that's incredible. Yeah, they've that's been one of the biggest, you know, things you can look at and say, why are they so much better? They they're they're taking care of business on the road. And when you, they've got the profile of a team, they're doing they are beating the bad teams for the most part. You know, let's ignore those two New York games. Um and then they're holding their own against the great teams. Uh, you know, they beat the Lakers, they beat the Rockets, they beat the Raptors, you know, they lost to the Clippers, but that's okay. You know, if you can go 500 against really good teams and then you take care of business against the bad teams that's how you get in the playoffs and it's it's been impressive to see a Mavs team with a lot of guys on their roster that have not made a playoff run before you know there really isn't that many guys that have a ton of playoff experience on this team that play you know big heavy minutes and you know basically it's Luca considering his you know playoff experience in Europe but outside of that these guys haven't really tasted a lot of postseason success and it's been pretty remarkable to see how composed they are and the the next step they're kind of taking uh, with their season this year. Yep. Well, this has been fun. I know I'm going to be back at home this week and then we'll probably do more of these. We should have a lot of content coming your way. Um, you got anything else before we get out of here? No, I think that's it. Uh, just a, you know, just a, a wildly impressive win. We'll be back most likely on Tuesday, the Mavericks playing at new Orleans. Uh, it's an early game for once for it starts 6:30 central so Kirk you won't be up till midnight watching a Mavs game which, <laughs> which is great. Uh so me me and Kirk or Kirk and Jeff or the one of the combination of us three will be back on Tuesday. Otherwise this is another edition of MMB After Dark. Kirk you got any final thoughts or are you good to go? I'm good to go. Let's we'll see you all this week. All right, thanks for listening guys. Uh check out the site for more coverage and we'll see you later this week.